1: Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources. Great to be with you today. So as we think through where we've been on this journey over the last two hours, uh, we've talked about everything from tax breaks for the wealthy, uh, coming out of a a very Democratic, uh, Joe Biden-driven bill in the House of Representatives, uh, we've talked about things that are happening right here in the state of Utah in terms of congressional maps, what that means, what that could and should look like. Uh, we've talked all about the infrastructure and, and what is happening. Can the president really turn uh, some of these victories into some momentum in terms of his agenda and how that plays out? Uh, but I really want to go back to where we started the program today with uh, Senator Ben Sass, who spoke over the weekend um, the Aspen Institute uh, meeting there in Washington, D.C. And I want to go back to something he said that there was so much in there to unpack. We didn't quite get it unpacked all the way. But I think this is important for us to really think about and recognize as we look at all of these debates and whether these debates are happening on Utah's Capitol Hill, which will be hot and heavy over the next uh, 24 to 48 hours, uh, to what's happening in our nation's capital. We, we have to start looking at this in just a slightly different way. And so let's start uh, again with uh, a quote from Senator Ben Sasse uh, over the weekend uh, about where our focus really ought to be.
1: I think a robust, vigorous, decentralized system that privileges the gritty, ensouled humans going to build stuff, that system will build, beat an autocratic system. The American system at its best would beat techno authoritarianism that the ccp and Chairman Xi are trying to export but if you do a crappy version of decentralization i'm not at all convinced that that beats a strategic focused centralized system the digital revolution is going to change everything about the nature of work it's changing most things about the nature of community it's radically transforming war um, anytime there's any big disruption offense has the advantage over defense when there's new offensive opportunities defense has a really hard time catching up And when we have 86 percent of our critical infrastructure in the private sector and we don't know how to do defense and offense has the advantage over defense and not just the big five, you know, the sort of bad guys of Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, but a grab bag of jihadis that can get coders and try to have cyber attacks of global reach as well. But you've got ransomware attackers that are sort of off book on the edge of 16 Russian oligarchs. There are many, many different offensive actors, and America has to pay defense because we have the luxury, the benefit of only 4% of global population, but we got 24% of global GDP, which means our tech footprint is much bigger than anybody else's, which means the underbelly of what can be attacked is really big. And right now, we're bad at trying to say, hey, partisan fight in Washington between this and that, these are not existential issues. Existential is, is there an American civic shared understanding of that idea of principled pluralism, universal dignity, why a private sector and entrepreneurship matter? And right now, we got a bunch of chuckleheads in politics who have confused themselves, and they think because they're on this stage that that actually uh, defines the center of meaning. And so we got a bunch of people on the left who aren't sure they believe in the American idea because they think the state should be the center. And then we got a bunch of reactive people on the right who've decided, well, if I don't like their overreach, then what I should want to do is also use the powers of the state against my cultural opponents. That's not America. Okay,
0: that is so important. Uh, We always hear the cry from the left and the right from Democrats and Republicans, this is the existential threat. This is the existential threat to democracy, freedom, the future of our nation, our children's children, and so on. And we we keep going back uh, and allowing these partisan fights to pretend to be the center of meaning in the country. And they're not. Uh, Senator Sass pointed out that only 14% of the country is engaged in the political discussion debate every day. And you can talk about where that should be in terms of knowledge and engagement. But if you look at it in terms of Twitter and social media, you know, most of the things uh, that are coming out on those platforms are from such a small, minute portion of the people. Uh, It's minuscule. And yet we think that it is the center of the center of America. And it just isn't. And so those uh, on the left, uh, as Senator Point, as Senator Sass pointed out, uh, doesn't know if they believe in an American idea. The right uh, wants to use those powers of the state in the same way they accuse the left of. It's just who's in power. And as long as you're in power, then it's okay to use all those powers. Uh, the test of power, the ultimate test of power at any level, in any space or place, is restraint. Can you restrain your use of power? when you have power. And that actually shows the ultimate in respect for those you say you're there to lead. I want to get one more clip in uh, from Senator Sass as we just look at how we frame this and how we should be thinking about things rolling into this week in the next couple of weeks where we're going to have serious debates about debt, deficit, debt ceilings, and we've got to fund the government. We're 25 days away from what everyone has declared will be the next big cliff and catastrophe. And so... If we're going to have that conversation, if we're going to declare it a crisis, let's at least do it understanding where the center of the universe really is.
1: The only thing that happens in American elections right now is that someone loses. No one wins. It isn't hard to understand this unless you're a politically addicted weirdo who watches cable news all day or lives on blue checkmark political Twitter or is an office holder yourself who got warped into thinking that you should stay forever in politics. Most of the American people know that politics right now is not um, aspirationally persuading anyone. What happens every single election is somebody overreaches, and then you have a backlash. And this isn't the way it's always been. From 1952 until 1994, the House of Representatives turned over zero times. Um, Since Bill Clinton's election in 1992, every single second year of a new president's term, with the sole exception of George W. Bush in the aftermath of 9-11, every single time, The Congress flips two years into a new presidency because that person didn't win because they had some grand mandate to go and change, transform America. Right. Every election is basically a lesser of two evils election right now. So the senator
0: brings up some very important points, I think, as we enter this next season of debate in our nation And I love that he pointed out that since Bill Clinton's election in 1992, with the exception of immediately following 9-11, the midterm elections have flipped control of Congress every time. Why? Because the party in power used all the power and a little more. And then there was a backlash and a snapback. And then we end up with divided government. Uh, which is not a bad thing, by the way. But our politicians haven't learned that the the ultimate test in all of this is is knowing what to do when you have power. The reason we are nearly $30 trillion in debt in this country is because Republicans and Democrats, Democrats and Republicans, when in power, have said, we're going to spend. And when they're out of power, they fight it. But the party in power spends and spends, and we keep spending, and we're at 30 trillion. If there were one existential lesson for both political parties, it's a pretty simple one. And that is just because you have the power doesn't mean you should use it. The ultimate power is the power of restraint. And I would offer to both political parties that restraint. Always works and is the ultimate sign of respect for those you're trying to lead. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. You all day resource for critical breaking news, traffic, and weather, and conversation about Utah's most important stories. Listen on any smart speaker, the KSL News Radio app, and in your car at one hundred two point seven FM,
1: KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake
0: City, KSL News.
2: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten.